Hello, everyone. My name is Anthony Gonzalez. My name is Amy Lascala. And this is the Listen and Learn podcast. On today's episode, we will be discussing the experience of the annual LER Traveler Trip, which was to Atlanta, Georgia this year. Today, we will be talking with current student Anthony Gonzalez and alumni Elizabeth Lopez about the experience on the LER Atlanta trip. Thank you for being on today's episode, Anthony. To start, can you tell me a little bit about the traveler trips that LER does every year and how they're structured? Yes, so I love how I've become the new interviewee, from interviewer to interviewee. <laughs> but yeah, so every every year in the spring, um, LER does this little trip with some of these students where you can go to whatever location they have. I think last year they did like a little Chicago one, but this recent one was in Atlanta. And me and some of the others were like, wait, Atlanta, that's so fun. All you had to do was pay for a plane ticket and everything else was pretty much included. And it was a great networking opportunity. We met with a lot of different companies and it was pretty simple. We just got our plane tickets there and everything was pretty much handled. So it was a pretty good experience. That's great. And I think it's a huge perk to have like the hotel covered and all the company trips planned out for you. All you have to do is figure out the way to get there. And even your transportation in the city was covered as well, right? For the most part, we had shuttles that took us anywhere. But if we wanted to go like outside of anything that we were doing on the trip, I mean, we only really had like a couple days. You could extend your stay if you wanted to as well. But for the time that we were there, we had transportation that was made for us to go to these different manufacturing plants or headquarters but if we wanted to do anything else we could just Uber there and it was pretty simple. So what companies did you get to visit on the Atlanta trip this year? So we were able to visit one of my personal favorites PepsiCo and we were also able to see the UPS headquarters, Eaton, and the Delta headquarters which also has the largest airport in the U.S. and I did not know that it was a huge huge Delta campus. I know the Atlanta airport is one of the biggest in the U.S. I'm sure that was an incredible experience, and we'll dive into that a little bit later as well. What networking opportunities did you have on this trip, and what people did you get to meet while networking? Um, So I guess I'll go from order of events. When we first, the first place that we visited was a PepsiCo bottling facility, and when we were there, we we were able to have a panel with a couple of people um, one person that was there that I thought was really, I guess, fascinating, if you will, was Michael Rady, and he is the uh, vice president of PepsiCo Tropicana, and he gave everybody his phone number, which I thought was really interesting. Um, coming from, like, a VP of HR to just give you their phone number was really um, humble, and I thought that was really cool, and he made it very known that we can all reach out to him, which I really liked. And then, obviously, Elizabeth Lopez, who we'll be talking to soon, And while we were there, we really got to see how quite literally the Pepsi is made. There's a lot of like production engineering that goes into the process of it, which is something you don't really think about. At least I didn't before. Like there are engineers that are working there that are making sure this equipment is running smoothly because it's a like nonstop process and there is stuff that's going to break down. So I never thought about like a manufacturing plant in that kind of way. But that was one thing that I thought was fascinating. Also, I've just never seen so much metallic blue in my entire life, but it was honestly really visually appealing And it was nice because I personally got to see somewhere that I will be probably working for um, in the future. And it was just really cool. The energy was nice. Everybody there was really sweet. 
Um, I didn't get to try any fresh Pepsi, but other than that, it was really energizing and it was nice to just kind of see that a perspective of like a bottling plant. Yeah, I think that's incredible too that a vice president of HR gave you their phone number. When are you ever going to get that experience? Otherwise, I think that is so unique, especially to the trips that LAR plans and even the companies that they're able to get you into and have those unique tours that are dedicated specifically to the LAR students. What did you specifically learn from your time at the PepsiCo bottling plant tour? I think one thing that really I... One thing that really resonated with me was the topic of resilience was something that was brought up a lot and just a lot of like real authentic personal stories of difficult situations that happen in plants were talked about. But resilience was something that was mentioned quite often, just how much in this career path, specifically in manufacturing, you build a lot of resilience. Another thing I took away is that everybody who was on the panel was very energetic and really loves their job even if they're tired they come to work every day and it was clear that they're really passionate about what they're doing and always innovating new ideas and no day is the same but always like a learning experience and adding to like the value of what they're doing that's great I love your perspective that you got to see employees of the plant and their day-to-day work but you could see the passion and I think that's What's very valuable about attending these company tours is getting to see the employees in action, what they love about their job, and not it just being um, hearsay in terms of, you know, companies might say their culture is one way, but actually getting to see it act out is a really great experience. Now, moving on to your tour at UPS, the CHRO of UPS talked to you guys about the seven attributes of a valued HR professional. Can you tell us a little bit about those? Yeah, so meeting the CHRO was crazy. I've never met any type of executive like that ever, so that was really a good experience. Um, the, some of the seven attributes that he said were to be curious, be a problem solver, have good work ethic, have a good character, um, have good learning agility, good engagement, and have the ability to own your ideas. I think those are really unique attributes, and not only for like HR professionals, but especially as interns going into the HR field. I think these are all things to keep in mind, um, especially hearing that from a CHRO, knowing that these attributes really are going to contribute to your success. One that really stood out to me is learning agility. I believe that was talked about a lot, especially in the PepsiCo info session about being able to take on extra projects, being flexible with the problems of that day, you know, what what our employees needs that day and being willing to step in, think critically, come up with solutions to issues that are happening. And I believe that will really contribute to not only a successful internship, but also, like the CHRO said, being a valued HR professional. All right, moving on to the last tour you got to do on the Atlanta trip. What were your takeaways from visiting Eaton's headquarters, and can you tell us what they produced there as well? Yeah, so Eaton headquarters is really cool. They're in Peachtree City, Atlanta, and when we got there, it was really interesting to see their facility. So they make a lot of, like, electrical 
like it's niche but it's not niche it's niche stuff because you don't think about it but it's stuff that is all around us and it's like electrical equipment like stuff that goes in light switches like things like that and what we really stood out to me when we were there is that they were making um like car chargers for like electric cars which i thought was interesting because that's not something you think about making i feel like when i think about electric car stuff it's like tesla but they were also making stuff like that too because there's different types of charging things and they had innovated something where the i don't know what it's called i don't know a specific term but there's that utility box that goes in your garage that has all your electrical equipment and because we are moving into like a world that is going to be using electric cars more often in the future um they were making those utility boxes with electrical charging stations in them and it was compact and small so that when you have an electric car in your garage you can charge it which i thought was really fascinating it's a really random niche thing but i thought it was silly and interesting because you don't think about those things but it is something that at some point you might need in the world like i know that when i like buy my first car hopefully i plan on having an electrical one just to be more like environmentally friendly so that's something that i would probably purchase if i have a home too so i thought that was really interesting that they made stuff like that and we did get to meet another VP. His name was Dan Triber. He's an alum. And funny enough, I found out that he was actually from the same hometown as me, which is Gurney, Illinois. Shout out to Warren Blue Devils. Um, and I just thought that was so interesting. It honestly put a lot into perspective. Like somebody from my little old hometown where Six Flags is, is a VP. So that's another reason why I recommend going on these trips too, because you never know who you're going to meet and network with. I would have never met this person and connected with them on LinkedIn. And you never know like where that's going to lead you. Like we come from the same town and we went to the same school. So... I just thought that was really interesting and important. Networking really is a big thing. Thank you for sharing. I think that also highlights the importance of networking and really finding people that you can relate to because you never know who you might meet, especially on this trip when you were exposed to so many alums from this program who are working at different companies. I also think it's very unique to visit a company that maybe you didn't know as much about, which it sounds like Eaton was, and getting to see what they produce, but also how it affects your everyday life. Now, diving back to Delta, I know we talked about that a little bit in the beginning of the podcast. How was the tour of the Delta headquarters in Atlanta, and did you get the opportunity to do anything unique on that tour? Yeah, so I think the most unique one we actually did was definitely Delta. And I say that because when we went there, it was really great. Their HQ was really, really cool. Um, Like I said, they have one of the biggest airports in the U.S. And they were able to allow us to do, like, a flight simulation of a crash. And we got to, like, essentially kind of learn how to be some type of, like, safety advocate on a plane, like, um, we learned how to take out doors, we learned how to take out windows in a plane, which I thought was really interesting and crazy, and honestly, maybe wasn't the most settling thing, because my flight was Delta on the way back home, so I was like, I hope I have to use these skills, but learning how to take out a door of a plane was very interesting, I mean, I hope I never have to use it, but if I do, then <laughs> I'm prepared, and then we got to slide out of a plane, and my favorite part was definitely seeing Nell um, jump down a big inflatable slide, and shout out to Nell. I have a video if anybody wants to see, and <laughs> um, they're one of the only um, airlines that have their own meteorologist, which I thought was really interesting, so they can really understand, like, how to do trips safely, and they kind of just rely on their own stuff. Everything's kind of like an in-home unit, and with um, Delta, they also had, like, a really interesting engagement team. These women were very, very extroverted, and it was really 
amazing to see how happy they were because I guess that really reflects on the company culture. Like the people who are working there are really happy to be there, which I think is really important. And they were more than happy to ILLI and IS when we got there, which I thought was really nice and kind of shows that personal effect that they have. Um, and yeah, it was just a really great experience overall. I really enjoyed learning about planes and learning how to safely evacuate one. It sounds like the most fun tour, especially having that preparation, getting to see a real evacuation, which hopefully will never happen in real life. But I'm sure it was fun to simulate, especially with the employees and alums that currently work there. And I know a few of them also attended the Alumni Happy Hour, which is another event that LER will host on these trips they do every year, inviting alumni to a happy hour to network with students, as well as um, other alumni that live in the same geographic area. Were you able to attend the networking event, and how was that experience getting to see the alums that lived in Atlanta? Yeah, so again, met a ton of people, met somebody who will be interning for the same company, or working full-time for the same company that I'm interning for, so that was nice. Um, And these are people that, again, you can reach out to during your internship during the summer that are more than happy to help you with any problems that you're facing or stuff that you need help with that you maybe don't want to, like, you know what I mean, directly ask somebody else for that's at your internship. So, again, that's why I think it's another good reason to go to these things and be involved because you want to build your network of people so that when you are doing these internships in the summer that we're all going to have to do, you can reach out to these people and ask them their perspectives, their opinions, their thoughts so that you can be successful and hopefully get that full-time offer. That's great. And I totally believe in what's called like a personal advisory board, which is having people in your network that you can reach out to when you have questions on the job that maybe you don't want to ask your direct manager or somebody who is too close to the situation, but being able to have those mentors, and especially the alums from LER, the network is so strong here. That's something that really stood out to me. And it's great to see that they even extended those invitations to you to be able to reach out anytime you have questions and really do want to see you succeed after this program. All right, our final question is, would you recommend that students in the LER program attend the travel LER trips and why? Yes, I 100% recommend. There is so much that you can gain. And again, everything is going to be different. Like, A big reason I went is because, again, I wanted to broaden my network, and we were visiting a facility where I will be interning. So that's one thing. But even if you weren't interning at the places or locations that there may be a trip for, I think it's still a good experience to go because any perspective is a good perspective and can help you in your career in the long run no matter where you end up. And it's also just a good opportunity to connect with your fellow cohort people too. Like that's also your network, and you want to make sure that you're making bonds while you're here as well because these are people that you'll be working with. You just You never know. And again, yeah, I just think it's important to always be involved and put yourself out there because at the end of the day, HR is about being a human resource. And I think to be a human resource, you need to actively engage with humans on all levels. Yeah, It sounds like this trip is great, not only for bonding with your cohort itself, but also the alumni that you get to meet on the trip, expanding your network, and the fun part, getting to explore a new city, which I think is just a great exposure for us LER students, especially since a lot of us will be having to relocate throughout our career. So getting to explore a new city I'm sure was a lot of fun as well. Yes. Oh, wait, can I say one more thing? <laughs> also, like, 
you never know when you're going to be able to go to these places. Like, I would have never gone to Atlanta if this wasn't a thing. And I'm so glad I did. Shout out to Sue's Chinese Restaurant. If anybody knows where it is, go. They have the best chicken wings. Atlanta has good food, period. But Sue's Chinese, crazy. It is too good. And I highly recommend. And that's the thing. You get to explore. So go have fun and do it. Be a traveler. Yes, and I know Atlanta is known for their food as well, so that is great that you got the full experience. Now, Elizabeth Lopez, an LER alumni and current senior director of HR at PepsiCo, will join us to talk about her career journey and her experience speaking with current LER students on the Atlanta LER trip. Um, Okay, so can you tell us a little bit about your journey to becoming a senior senior director from HR going from intern to full-time to where you are now? Yeah, so I have, I've been with PepsiCo right from LER for 11 years, actually, as of January 28th, which is crazy, officially over a decade, and I didn't have quite the traditional, so I actually interned with a different company, and um, it was a completely different industry, very corporate. And the full-time job that I would have had would have essentially been a a desk job in in a beautiful corporate building, um, you know, free lunch and breakfast, like all of the bells and whistles. But the role would have been really answering a hotline of employee concerns. And, you know, I did some soul searching of why I wanted to be in this amazing function and and for me personally it was I, I wanted to work directly with people you know I wanted to make people's day better make people smile I mean that's that was as small as it seems that that's why I wanted to get into this field and so I recruited full-time and PepsiCo um, it was back on campus and they had some full-time slots and it was just, uh, you know, I remember the interview and I remember my answers coming so naturally and it, it just felt like a fit from the interview through the offer. And I, I always tell this story because I think it's just a unique fact. I had actually never been on a plane before. So I was one of those people that was like lived, was born, and I was going to die in Illinois. Like I had no, it's like no plans on leaving And Pepsi gave me my full-time offer and they were like, you're, you know, we can't tell you where you're going. We can't tell you what um, business you're going to be supporting. And I was like, I accept. And then I was like, oh my gosh, where am I going to live? And they gave me, um, and they called me right around Thanksgiving. They were like, you're going to Maryland. And I was like, where's that? (laughs) I've never heard of the state of Maryland. I just thought one that you think about. But I started my career out there, um, and I loved the East Coast. I was a little bit of a Napoleon when I was out there. I just kept getting more territory, eventually had the entire DMV, which is D.C., Maryland, Virginia, supporting our field locations, you know, a ton of transformation, a lot of those make-or-break career experiences where, um, you know, I was really able to to leave my mark, even though they were harder times, uh, they were opportunities that I I would say looking back helped put me on the map 
And then uh, I got to a, a place where, candidly, after six years on the East Coast, I had a, um, candidly, a personal need to get back closer to my family. And uh, I was able to take a lateral move and support some of our headquarters functions, um, which was great experience sitting out of downtown Chicago. And then I moved into a change management or development, more of a project role. And I actually supported the Pepsi beverages world. So a starry Pepsi Mountain Dew um, central division go to market, which is basically the team that helps um, put together the strategies, capabilities, technology needed to help our field organization do what they do best. And then about a year ago, I was given a little bit of a dream opportunity to take on this Gatorade business, which is so cool when you think of everything Gatorade and the impact that it has on athletes and culture. And um, and I've been in this role now supporting nationally the Gatorade team, working with phenomenal HR professionals for about a year now. So that's Hopefully I didn't go too long, but that's the, the sum of my career so far. No, I love to hear it. I could listen to this stuff all day, especially because I'll be interning with Gatorade this summer so selfishly. I'm like, let me hear all about it. But um, Do you know where you're going? Yeah, I'll be in Dallas, that's, Texas. That's amazing. You're, we'll talk. Yes, we will. <laughs> I guess we'll talk there. Another question I have is, what are some of the challenges that you face as a senior director that you have not faced before? Like, what are some of the, I guess, what's some more, what's the responsibility that's come with that? I could be more broad or more specific. I think regardless of title, anytime you step out of your comfort zone or take on, whether it's your first job right out of school, a lateral move or a promotion, um, there's always that little bit of the unknown and, you know, for me, I have spent 10 years in Pepsi beverages, so always with PepsiCo, but, you know, I knew that world inside and out. I knew all the players. I knew the business. I was very comfortable um, on that side of the business. And taking this job in Gatorade, it, it had been 10 years since I really would say I have been new, if you think about that. So... Um, for me, it's about really separating and compartmentalizing all of the things that I already know in beverages and just really learning from the ground up this Gatorade business, for one, uh, and the culture, right, that's been created. PepsiCo is an amazing company that has all these mini companies in it, right, that um, all have their unique special sauce. So, um, really just being able to take the time and, and recognize that, you know, I have a lot of learning to do, a lot of questions to ask. And that, that was probably one of the biggest challenges from becoming this expert to, to starting over. But I wouldn't trade it for the world, I'll tell you that. I've learned a ton, and, um, and it, it's been really awesome to just to learn this, this side of PepsiCo. I think that's so important to remember that even after we leave LER, our HR career is going to be a continuous learning experience. The learning does not stop once we leave here. Oh, yeah. 
yeah, the learning doesn't stop. The mistakes don't stop. You know, people ask me on panels, they're like, walk us through a mistake, you know, that you've made. And I'm like, today or <laughs> in the past 10 years, it's just, you know, if we don't, if we don't stumble, we don't learn. So it's, it's forever learning and growing and being curious and asking questions. And, um, and I always say power through the awkwardness. I think I may have said that. Um, oh, no, it was a, it was a different session, not Atlanta. But, you know, a lot of it is, asking the question, if you miss, even if you feel awkward about it, right? Or powering through the awkwardness, oh, what if I'm wrong? Or what if I'm embarrassed? Like being able to just power through those moments, because even if you are wrong or a little embarrassed, you only make yourself stronger and smarter for the next time. So that never stops and it never will. Um, yeah. I love that advice. Power through the awkwardness. Definitely yeah. something I will be taking in to my internship and yeah. career. Great advice. Yeah. Yeah. Stay strong. It's okay. <laughs> you'll, you'll be better for it. It was really encouraging too to hear you talk about your willingness and flexibility to relocate. I think that is something a lot of our students going through the program are unsure about but it's great to see how successful you have been being willing to take that risk and move around to different locations to be promoted and accelerate your career a little bit faster. Oh yeah. The, the one thing I would say is I get it. Like relocating is scary. It's you're coming from this place in college and, and grad school, you're surrounded by people your age, you're surrounded by friends or from your hometown and, and uprooting is scary, but I will tell you, I am so grateful that I didn't live my entire life in Illinois, <laughs> that I experienced, you know, I can say with pride that I can navigate New York City, I can navigate Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Maryland, you know, Nashville, I've traveled all over being willing to do that, and it's just, um, you know, it's been this incredible life experience that I know has given me so much as a person. And, and the earlier you do it, the easier it is, I would say. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. It really is inspiring for us to hear, especially knowing that we are going to have to be relocating in our early career, either through rotational programs or just for those promotions, even within PepsiCo as well. Now, earlier I talked with Anthony about his experience on the LER Atlanta trip, and I would love to turn the same question to you. How was your experience networking and speaking with current LER students at the PepsiCo location on the Atlanta trip? I love the opportunities to be able to give back and network with LER in any capacity, you know, it was this incredible program that gave me this incredible career. And it's something that I will never forget. And, um, you know, I, I, all of you that are, have been given the opportunity to, to go to school there, it, it's an incredible gift and you're going to end up in amazing places doing amazing things. So, any opportunity I have to be able to do that. But, you know, specifically, I, I love seeing students come and see our site. You know, the field is a little daunting sometimes. Like, what does this mean? You know, a warehouse, steel-toed boots, you know, <laughs> vests, are you kidding? 
and I think just being able to demystify that a little bit is really smart. So I was proud of the students for signing up for that trip to Atlanta because um, I, I just think that's so important. Like, it's not that bad, you know, <laughs> like it's fun. And, and I spent six years in the field. It was the highlight of my career. I mean, I, I loved every second of it. Um, so that, that was really good to see. And I would encourage students that haven't had the opportunity to do that. I think everyone has an idea of what more corporate positions are like. But, you know, take the time to maybe go visit a plant or a warehouse just so you can demystify it and feel confident in your choices. Yeah, actually, I wanted to ask about that. I remember we did talk a little bit about that during the panel. What could you say to people out there who are looking at different internships, different jobs that are either corporate or manufacturing? Like, what would you say are some key differences to them? And I don't know, like either positive or negative or just your experience, anything you want. Like, cause I know that people yeah. already have these preconceived ideas. Like I definitely did. I had no <laughs> idea, honestly, before coming here that you could do HR in a plant. Like I didn't even know that was a thing. So yeah. Just yeah. I, I don't think any of us really did. Right. Like when I was in college undergrad as a psych major, I mean, I, you never would have thought I'd be up at 3am skipping to the plants in my steel toe boots and hairnet. And you feel like you're out of your mind. <laughs> That's never going to happen. And it did. I just, um, you know, I think you learn and grow from any opportunity across across both. I think there's positives and to to both opportunities. It's just it's a very personal choice culturally on the company or the experience that's going to make sense for you. So one thing that I can speak to about about PepsiCo, and I say this often when I go and recruit, is you know, we are a lean, fast-paced machine. We do not sugarcoat that. And especially in the field, there's a ton of autonomy. But with that comes a ton of grace to make mistakes and quickly pivot and learn from your mistakes. And for me personally, I was this second-guesser, shy, you know, even an LER just interviewing my confidence. I'd give it like a a five out of 10. And I didn't realize how much I needed that to be my first professional experience because of how confident I became so quickly in this fast paced lean environment, because I did make mistakes and I made them often, but I was also given the autonomy and the grace to say, okay, what did you learn? Go fix it. Now you'll be better next time. And that fast paced ability to have that level of authority and autonomy was really good for me because it just broke me through my shell, I think so much faster than if I had been um, in a role that offered less of that. Does that make sense? Yeah, I love that. I think that's really helpful because being in grad school in general, I think you get a little nervous and you're like kind of in a shell and reserved. I know all of us definitely first semesters were last fall were stressed and like definitely all in our shell. And I could even see now just going through the program, we've all kind of, opened up and I hope that also this summer like being thrown onto a manufacturing floor really does push me out of my shell so and I know it will so that's good to hear it will it will and you're gonna have the time of your life I promise you that (laughs) great thank you Elizabeth so moving on a little bit looking at your career looking back what is something you learned during your time here at LER that has proven valuable in your career 
I would say, I mean, hands down, it's the power of relationships and networking and LER. You know, I, I learned things through my classes. I, um, you know, learned, I would say, like the fundamentals of this, of this function. But the real thing I, I took away personally from LER was just, like I said, the power of relationships and networking within HR. I think LER fosters this incredible environment to do that and really encourages support um, because it's, it's a little awkward, right? We're all interviewing for the same jobs and we all want it. Um, but it's, you know, we naturally still form these bonds and these friendships. I mean, I had, I got married in September and I had five or six people from my program there 10 years later, you know, the, the bonds are very, um, they're very real. And that translates into HR because this human resources as, as a function is always changing, always pivoting. There is always new technology coming down the pipeline. Um, always new skills that we need to, to look for and, and create. And having that network of people that you can lean on and ask, hey, what would you do? Or how are you thinking about this? Or it is pivotal. I mean, it's so necessary to, to have that and to create those bonds within HR. And that started for me in, in LER. Um, and it's just something that I continue to value and prioritize to this day. The LER network is something that really stood out to me when I was deciding between grad school. So it's great to hear you say that. But I noticed how strong the connections were, not only between alumni that had graduated, but even current students and the alumni and seeing how valuable those connections are, but also how willing alumni are to give back. Even on this Atlanta trip, seeing all the alumni that were willing to come out and speak to the LER students, I think it is incredible and so valuable to have that network, not only while you're here, but also when you start your HR career. Yeah, I agree. I, I definitely feel like LER does foster such good relationships. Like I have made more friends than I ever even thought I would like being here. Like I was definitely nervous and then you come here and it's like, oh my God, you meet your bestie. So you do. And, and if I were to give advice to anybody that may be listening to this, like, be nice to everybody because people move at different paces in their careers and you could blink and the person sitting to your left will be your boss one day, you know, or blink again and the person sitting in front of you will be working at the company that you're trying to join in eight years. You know, who knows? So just really making sure that you're, you're building those relationships across everybody is, is so critical and it will help you down the line. That's something Nell and Brian really emphasized when we had orientation for LER as well, knowing that everybody we are sitting next to in our classes and that come through this program is going to be our peers or potential managers or subordinates, however your career might work out in HR. And HR is a smaller world than you think, so you will be crossing yeah. paths. <laughs> you absolutely will be. So I know we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, but I think a big thing that I am really curious about, and I know other people's are, this is more for a graduation perspective, but 
you know, you graduate, you get this full-time job, you transition to these new cities and into adulthood, you're leaving college, you're like, you know, we're probably 22, 23, some of us a little older, but you know, you're not a baby anymore and you're leaving the nest of U of I, which is a very small condensed nest. So as an alumni, how has the transition been from student LAR to a full-time HR professional? How had you navigated that space of going into the workforce and just being independent? I, so that's, I mean, that's such a good question. And I think I already told you all that I, I'd never been on a plane before, right? <laughs> so I really broke through the mess and broke out of my, my comfort zone. You know, I would just say personally, the, the one thing that I guess advice or as I think through my transition or what I'm going to pivot on your question a little bit, if that's okay. Just, you know, what I would have done differently. Is that okay? (laughs) So I think relocating and not being in that safe environment of the University of Illinois or even by my family, it's very natural to just like jump all into your new job, right? And I would say for your internship, jump into your new job. It's, it's three months, right? And you're going to be back. But for that full-time break, um, you know, my job quickly became my world because I really liked it. I was having fun. Um, but I think for too long, I wasn't spending enough time prioritizing my personal life, you know, making sure that I was making friends. And something about HR that we don't talk about enough, but I think it's important to remember, it's a little bit of a lonely road, right? A lot of people that relocate for jobs, they make work friends. And for us, it's like, oh, we're the HR function. We kind of like, you know, it's not as normal, I would say, to to make a ton of those personal relationships. So you really have to put the time to make friends outside of that. So I would just say, like, prioritize that right away. Like, make sure that you're you're filling your cup professionally and personally. And I think I waited about, you know, I don't want to say how many years when I realized, oh, my goodness, my Saturday highlight is being at Target at 8 a.m. right when it opens. <laughs> this, is not, this is not okay. <laughs> and... You know, it's daunting to make friends as adults, but I was able to do it. Like, there are clever ways to get out there, and I don't think people realize how many transplants are in every city that are looking for the exact same thing. Or even dating, you know, some of you may have heard me talk about, but I was famously single for 100 years. I just got married, and, <laughs> you know, you, you need to make time to date, and that take some effort (laughs) and you know and some um, I would say motivation to go out there and make that time for yourself so yeah making the transition like I said like make sure that you're you're prioritizing meeting that personal network you know doing what's good for you go to the gym you know go see the movies go on a run um, and then also focusing on the professional side as well And then I think I kind of covered professionally, like the transition, I think with it being such a a lean, fast paced machine, I was able to kind of break through any confidence barriers I had pretty quickly. 
and I, I tell this story for this question. I'll end with this because I think it's like really relevant and people may not think about it, but I was, I was a decent student in school. I will say that. Like I, I studied, but you know, I got these A's and you know, I didn't take the most vigorous notes in class. This is how my brain works. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. And when I started full time, this applies to any job, I would go to meetings and I wouldn't take a single note because I was used to not taking notes and getting that A, right? <laughs> I noticed like seven months in, the difference is, is when I left that meeting, I was hit with 12 other priorities that I needed to do and I would forget. So it's something that happens to a lot of campus hires that we don't talk about, but just like remembering that the professional life is different from the school life and you just want to make sure that you're taking the vigorous notes, asking the follow-up questions because you'll, you'll surprise yourself after a couple of months. Um, so I think I answered that question in a very long-winded way, but hopefully something in there was No, helpful. I love it. I appreciate it all and I appreciate how you keep it so real. It's refreshing. I oh yeah, I, I, I'm an open book. Everyone knows that. I love your advice too about making sure like to take notes in meetings and really being conscientious about that because I think when we do transition from school some of those habits may or may not carry over but really learning like hey it's going to be a lot different schedule and workload than having a full-time school schedule so getting used to juggling multiple priorities having different things thrown at you throughout your work day I believe that's great advice and I also love that you touched on work-life balance, ensuring you are building community where you live, not just at work, but outside of work, putting yourself out there because it can be challenging to make friends as an adult. And so I love that you touched on that and that there are ways to do that and to have you know a healthy personal life outside of work. If I could do it, everyone can do it. That's what I will tell you. To wrap up, what do you wish you would have known as an LER student that you have learned during your career journey? Or do you have any final advice for students going through this program? The power of storytelling is so incredibly important in your career and in the HR profession. And when I say that, it means, you know, sometimes you only have two minutes of somebody's time to get your point across. And I didn't realize that, and this isn't really the classes that we take in LER, but prepping for interviewing really sets the stage to hone some of those skills, right? Because you are given a certain amount of time to sell who you are and make your point. Um, so just, I wish I had drawn that connection maybe a little bit earlier in my career to be like, okay, let me think about framing this up the way that I was taught to frame up myself in interviews um, just to be a little bit more concise because that's so incredibly critical. And then the other piece is, you know, that companies are different, cultures are different, priorities are different. The function fundamentally is the same. You know, we're here to be resources to our humans. That, that is our job. That is the core of what we do. And um, I think pay attention to all info sessions, right? Absorb the way that different companies talk about 
the human resources function, the company's culture, take notes because I wish that I had kept more of that. We have this unique opportunity to get kind of the inner look of all these amazing companies that come recruit for us that could help build our catalog on things that we may want to implement or leverage in our careers, regardless of what company we go to. Um, So that's something that I often thought about. I'm like, oh, I remember that company came to talk to us, but I don't really remember what they said, you know, or, or, or anything like that. So um, that, that would be one piece of advice. Like it's an extreme gift to be able to hear all of these HR professionals come talk to you. So even if it's not a company you're interested in, or um, you see yourself going down a different path, you're still going to take a lot away from learning about, about that organization. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. And be true to yourself. So I know you hear this all the time and I was at a point interviewing and recruiting and thinking I was going to live in a cardboard box. And, um, but you will end up where you're supposed to be and just have faith in yourself and be true to yourself in the interviews. Because if you're not, you're not going to be happy. You're not going to end up in a place that's, that's right for you. So as hard as that is, and as much as we want that offer, be true to yourself and you will end up where you're supposed to be. I can promise you that. I agree. I think, you know, a lot of people might try to put on a different persona for different companies, but I think that can be challenging, like you said, because you may end up at a company where if you maybe put on a different persona in that interview, when you get there, you realize, oh, this really isn't a culture fit because I wasn't being my authentic self when I met them or was interviewing. And so it really is important to bring your full self, ensure that you can um, be who you are and not feel like you have to put on a front just because it's a specific company or brand name. Thank you again, Elizabeth, for coming on today's podcast. We really appreciate your time and this was very insightful for us and all of the LER students here. Yes, we appreciate it so much. I'm so thankful I was able to do this and good luck to both of you too and and to everyone out there. Always reach out if you need anything.